You're listening to From Here with Delia and Don. All right, listeners, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in for part two of my conversation with Betsy. Now, last we left it, right? We were talking about uh, domestic versus international and transracial adoption. We were talking about the the you know the decisions, the very very personal decisions that we have to make, right? That force us to confront. Um, our own wishes and desires, but then also, right, the decisions that we, the very, you know, pragmatic decisions that we have to make about adoption, right? So let's jump back into it. So Betsy, okay, so you're, you're there, you're um, on the plane, okay, and you're reading this book, and you're talking with your partner, right? And what are some of the things that are going on, you know, as you're kind of flying over, and you're, you know, meeting your child for the first time. What I, I, we talked a little bit bit about this, but at this part, I don't, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Uh, Hi everybody again. (laughs) Thanks for tuning back in. Um, Well, so we are on this plane and we're reading and now mind you um, the, in the days leading up to this trip, um, we had actually had the opportunity to Skype with our child a few times over the course of the year after we were matched with her. And um, so we've, we've seen her over Skype. Um, we've talked with her. Only I can communicate with her because I do um, speak uh, Mandarin Chinese, and that's the um, language that she understands also at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I had to do the uh, translating um, um, for her and for my partner as well. Um, so yeah, on this plane ride, we read the book, and then you know the the book, um, Kogan's book, gave us some really really um, important and serious reality checks: what to anticipate, um, some case studies, um, challenges definitely will come our way. And um, we took these all in stride. I think, you know, um, it, it gave us a sense that, yes, this is, uh, we, we, we weren't naive. We, weren't, we didn't think that it was all going to be easy peasy. It was going to be these sort of beautiful um, pictures of, you know, um, people falling in love with each other, you know, as soon as they meet with each other. We're, we're, we're not that at all. But at the same time, some really detailed descriptions and um, talk throughs in the book about some challenges, particularly around grieving, mm-hmm. was the piece um, that was important for my partner and myself. Um, grieving that was going to be experienced by the child, and then also grieving that was going to be experienced by my partner and me, um, because we're we're entering a different phase in our life and. You know, um, we didn't have pregnancy and things like that, right, to kind of ease ourselves into it. You know, it was quite literally going from a totally childless home into a a child that has intention, consciousness, you know, demands, desires, fears, and all of that, and who is already verbal. Right. Right. So we landed in not that also the other piece of it was that I was returning to um, where I spent the first 10 years of my life as a child. Um, ever since I left Taiwan at the age of 10, I had not returned. Wow. 
until I went back to, um, to have our kid join us. So Mm -hmm. this was, um, lots of, it was, it was triggering a, a lot of different things that were going on for me personally. And my partner was there to sort of go through it with, with, uh, with, myself and my family and everybody who was involved at the time. My mother came with us too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. And so I know for me, right. When I was uh, pregnant with my current kid, you know, we, we um, had conversations around like the ways we wanted to raise him, you know, some of our values and, and what that would look like. Right. And I think looking back I think I was a little bit naive, like, all right, you know, cause I, you know, I did, we did things like, I'm like, I don't want to find out the sex is a child because I want to, you know, um, carry this child and raise a child with like gender neutral, you know, like let them fully form their own gender identity. And, you know, and I don't want to, you know, have like, you know, gender biased toys or clothes, you know, before that. Right. This is when like I was pregnant and then, later on like oh yeah I'm gonna you know and then after you know my son came out it's like yeah I'm gonna do this and this and this and this right this is part of right how um my commitments to you know um social justice values anti-oppression values right began to kind of come out and manifest right in in um decisions that I was I was really hoping to make in terms of being a parent right so what was that like for you both? I mean, I know that you probably didn't like sit down and say like, all right, so we're going to, we're going to be anti-oppression like this. Right. But how did those things subtly, you know, come out or maybe not subtle, maybe, maybe you sat down and had that conversation. What was that like for you? Well, one thing that I remember while you were talking just now, Don, this is so, so funny. I think it was, um, what was it like maybe three or four years ago when we were talking about this, yeah, we were at I, maybe we we're at AAAS or something like that. But we said, "Oh, we should do social justice camp for our kids." You yes. Know oh my gosh. <laughs> right. And um, but I, I mean, things change in in unexpected ways. Now that my kid is nine, and mm-hmm. I've seen her grow, mm-hmm. and yes, we, uh, my partner and I, continue to do what we can to, um, I mean, to really pursue sort of um, gender neutral, um, you know, everything, right? But it's hard because, I mean, we all know that it's hard. There are so many things, everything around us screams, you know, um, you know, just sort of gender fixity one way or another. So um, it continues to be a battle. But at the same time, we want to respect our kids coming into her sense of herself mm-hmm. and how she wants to self-identify and express, right? Yeah. yeah. And now it's much tougher to say, we want to do it this way so that our kid essentially turns out a certain way. That feels right. wrong to us yeah, now. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the naive part that I was yeah. mentioning earlier. Like, oh my God, that's actually how I thought parenting worked when I was, you know, pregnant. <laughs> and it's, so it doesn't work like that, right? No, absolutely not. You know, and um, right now it's more about um, trying to find that appropriate, I don't know if appropriate is the right word, but just a, a reasonable balance between helping her understand that whatever she wants to express, there is 
there can be intentionality, but sometimes I think we over-explain and <laughs> it just confuses her, right? I mean, it, th- this is really terrible that when you have academics for parents and, and, and we're not in the same field, so we're fighting for our own disciplinary explanation <laughs> or something. It's horrible because she just, her eyes glaze over. And she's like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not hearing you anymore. And then we, we're looking at each other, my partner and I, thinking, we're right now just talking to each other, not even talking. <laughs> <laughs> really, you know, imagine a very sort of parodic uh, SNL skit about this. Oh my, I, you know what? And I'm not laughing at you. The reason why I'm laughing is I so know what you're talking about. <laughs> the over-explaining. Oh, the, all right, okay. Let me provide some framework for this discussion <laughs> first, Okay. And then let me illustrate, you know, my evidence, right? Of- <laughs> no. I, I mean, uh, and, and I'm serious about that, that, you know, trying to find a reasonable balance so that she is not um, having to interrogate every choice she makes. At the <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, you know, when I talk with friends like you who are academics, I'm like, you know, are other people will screw up their kids with things like, you know, too much TV, too much junk food, you know, like whatever. Academics, we're going to screw up our kids by over explaining <laughs> things, overthinking things. Okay. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> too yeah because when my son right started oh my gosh my son was like did all these typical what quote-unquote boy you know boy things right I'm like air quotes listeners right now right and you know he's super he was like super into cars super into guns I I was like so mortified every time I was like what the heck, you know? And I'm like, I didn't introduce any of this stuff. Blah blah blah. blah. Like, right. how come my son turned into this like typical boy? And then I'm like, what am I? What am I? What am I doing? You know, <laughs> like, what am I doing? Right? And once I kind of had an opportunity to step back and think about, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. And he's exploring, and he the, these are the things that he's drawn to. And I really just should lean into that and really, I mean, like. I have to come from a place of love and I come from a place of support because I really need to get past that. Like we're molding, you know, like we're molding our, yeah. our, our children to be, you know, these, these things. It's, it's just, it was just like so naive, so naive, you know? Yeah. I think that um, the discovery for me is that um when I get frustrated um, or sometimes even upset at things that she clearly is interested in and wants to explore, I have to really um, do some digging and well, self-interrogate, you know, (laughs) because it's like those things, I don't value those things. And if she does, what does that mean? And I have to, I have to really remind myself that, um, this is, I mean, stop seeing her as a reflection of my parenting skills or who I am or what I yes. value. And yes. the other thing is that um, I'm constantly expecting her to be a better version of me. Oh, and that's yes. unfair. 
Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Right there. Those two things. This is why I'm like, Betsy, you know, I come and talk to you because, <laughs> because those two things alone, right? I think the, you know, and it's not like we're, we're ego driven, you know, when we're trying to do this parenting stuff, right? But we can't avoid, I think, um, the ways in which we want our children to be, you know, to become human beings that are better versions of ourselves, right? And also not only that, right? But also better human beings for this society, right? For this, like, we, like, the worst part for me, and I had to be very honest, you know, with you, right? Is to have a child that ends up being this terrible, <laughs> like, I, like, the joke, right? These, these past four years is like, oh my God, right? The worst thing would be if my kid turned into a Trump. Okay. <laughs> but like complete parenting failure, right? Say <laughs> I will um all right. I I, I was gonna say something like I will still try and find a way to love this person, but I'm not sure that I can't I know. Let's just be real, right? Like I, you know, if my kid turned into a Trump th- I'm like, oh my god, that's it. There there are there are people who fail as parents and I would be in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, the thing is, I mean, just because I'm able to, and I'll say this too, though, just because I'm able to say those things and make those observations does not mean that I do them well. I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, I think this, uh, this is for many of us, right? Just because we know better does not mean we do better. And, right. and, there are times when I'm coming down very hard on her. I'm thinking I know better, but I ain't doing better right now. <laughs> I know that. And I, I can't stop myself. Why is that? And it's just, it's, you know, but um, I, I suspect that I speak for so many of us who are parents who go through this and, um, you know, um, won't find our way through, but yeah. It, um, yeah. It's, yeah. And then, and then, you know, you have those moments where you're like, you're coming down hard on your kid and then you have this like out of body experience and you, and you think, Oh my gosh, that's something that my parents said to me. And I'm like saying it now, you know, <laughs> right. Cause we, you know, we parent the ways that we've been parented, right. That's kind of, it's unavoidable. Right. It's totally unavoidable because, you know, our model, right, for parenting comes from those who helped raise us, you know, good or bad, right or wrong. Right. And so sometimes I will find myself saying something like, oh, my God, what? Why did I just say that? My my dad used to say that to me. And I'm like, that made me feel horrible. Right. And then I go, you know, like what you said, I go into this place where it's like I overanalyze in my head and then like I come back and try and make up for it, which is like the total wrong thing to do. (laughs) That's so confusing for kids, but we all do it. And, you know, many of us do, but you know, what you had just said, what you had just described right now about why we repeat um, things that have done you know, that our parents um, did or said to us that we didn't necessarily enjoy. Um, I mean, of course, people will always say uh, the cliche thing is that, you know, we, we repeat, you know, what was done to us and all of that. But, you know, I have this theory of something like negative empathy. Um, mm. Empathy is always 
couched in positive terms, right? But empathy ultimately is about wanting to be able to feel what others feel. But there's also a wish for others to feel how you have felt. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe it's closer to misery loves company or something like that. Uh Um, Maybe there's, there's probably a a term for uh, among our psychologist um, colleagues, but um, ultimately I think that I, I find myself, I have to confess when I come down hard on her and I, 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 repeat things that my parents have said to me that didn't necessarily appreciate, but I'm finding myself doing the same thing. Maybe there's that piece where um, I want my kid to feel how I felt when (laughs) I was being parented this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I I don't know what that means, but uh, I've often, I've often sort of behind a certain set of lenses see that maybe that's what I want. I want her to feel how, I felt when I was her age and was being parented a certain way. This is not a criticism on my parents or anything like that, but it was like, I want her to experience what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's just another way of saying, you know, back in the day, we didn't have this, that, the other, right? That's like, I think what you just said is the Asian American version of like, I used to walk 10 miles in the snow to, you know, get to school. Right. But it's like, because I think part of that too, is part of that wanting them to feel what you felt, what you were feeling when you were being parented this way is also like trying to help them understand that, you know, some of what's happening, right. It comes from place, right. It comes from a, you know, a set of attention, uh, intentions that's not only very present, but is informed by the past. Yes, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that the, you know, these intentions, right. Are, are, it's also the, the weight, right. That we carry, Right of the, the, this desire of wanting to like do do right by our parents and also do right by all those who came before us. That that's why I'm like, oh man, being an Asian American parent is like super messed up on so many levels sometimes. Right, so that whole negative empathy thing, I totally agree with you. You know, on that. yeah, yeah, and I'm probably unwittingly or unconsciously sort of. Um, you know, um, scooping someone else's very well-developed theory about this. Who knows? But yeah, maybe we should step back from theories. We were just saying yeah. <laughs> as it is. So yeah. We're, yeah, we're, it's unavoidable. We're both, we're two, you know, academics who are thinking about, you know, parenting through these particular lenses. So, so, okay. You know, I know that we can continue talking for a very, very long time. It's always so amazing to have these conversations with you. I love talking with you, not only about parenting. Actually, you know, listen, we do talk about other things besides parenting as well. But um, Betsy is, you know, you are amazing, brilliant, and and, um, always such a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much for, I think, sharing some super honest and authentic um, emotions and reflections about the adoptive process for you and what you know you were going through I super appreciate that you know you were there for me when we talked about this um you know whenever three or four years ago and um you know spoiler alert I didn't you know ended I did not end up adopting obviously right um but it really I think helped me think through not only the adoption but these broader questions around parenting and how I wanted you know to parent and I value that so much um to this day. So I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you so much, Betsy. 
Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. That's um, well, likewise, everything that you say, I mean, um, the wisdom coming from you has always just been so, I don't know. It's like taking a vitamin when I talk to you um, just now, especially. And um, you know, the um, just very quickly, just uh, when we talked um, many years ago about this, you know, um, my partner and I were emerging from a very challenging time. Also, I think I was very honest with you at the time. I'm emerging from that and beginning to really see the light of it all. And now we're fully in the light, and um, it's um, it, it's it's a process that has so many moving pieces um, for folks. And um, I uh, would certainly love to have conversations with anyone who um, would like to have an ear. I do really remember that at um, when I when um, my partner and I were really learning how to how to be good parents. Um, we had a lot of help and support. We had, um, I mentioned Jim Lee, who was huge and just friends like Jen Ho and yourself. You know, y- you say that our conversation was focused on you. Well, it wasn't. I mean, just being able to, to talk with you was incredibly therapeutic for me as well. So I think the the, the takeaway here is that talk through it, talk through it with people. And, you know, this is not a, an exercise that can be worked through um, on your own because you do need, um, you need a lot of support um, to do not just parenting, but certainly adoptive parenting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Betsy. And, um, you know, I, I totally look forward to continue talking about this and other stuff with you. So um, listeners, I want to say thank you so much again for sticking around for the second half of this conversation. Um, as usual, hope this episode gave you lots to think about, not only about adoption, right? But, you know, Betsy and I talked about these bigger questions around parenting and our intentions. Um, as always, uh, you know, Check out our other episodes. We are, uh, we can be found on Instagram, um, at from here podcasts, also in your favorite, uh, place where you go to find your podcast. Please subscribe and, uh, drop a really nice review for us so that other folks can find us too. I look forward to seeing you all, hearing you all at the next, uh, episode. Let us know what you think. And again, Betsy, thanks so much for being with us. I so appreciate you. And I love you so much. Right. Likewise, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you.